Welcome and thank you for joining Save Our Sisters Unplugged. If you're looking for a sisterhood of intelligent women to network with, then this is a podcast for you. We'll be letting our hair down and spilling all the tea on an array of topics and gain insight into what women really think. My name is Noreen Foy and I'll be your host. Now let's get started. Hey, hey, guys, welcome to another episode of the Save Our Sisters Unplugged podcast. This episode is special because it is the first of a fatherhood series for the month of June. And you know what that means, ladies? We have men in the house. (laughs) (laughs) I feel it's so important to hear what the men have to say. And perhaps we can meet in the middle on some parenting issues. So without further ado, Today's guest is an aspiring young director, CEO, music songwriter, producer, and mentor. He is the president and founder of The Sanction, as well as the founder of C Major Productions, which has cultivated the talents of our youth and opened the door of opportunity for them in our dynamic musical world. Under the same alliance, Dramatic Drumline was established, and he takes pride in performing at local and out-of-state community events. Finally, and most importantly, he is a very hands-on father and grandfather. It is my absolute pleasure and honor to introduce Mr. Robbie Chris. Welcome to the Queen's Domain. All right, Ms. Noreen, how you doing out there? Man, I'm trying to stay cool and not melt like the statue on the meme. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it, but you got to a food to cool you off, so that's all right, huh? I'm ice telling you, popsicles and everything. Let's go. We got it all. We got the ice cream, the popsicles, <laughs> the air condition is on point. We got it all going on over here because, you know, I, I can't it. be passing out. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We don't need that. We don't no. need none of that. Yes, well, ma'am. It's such an honor to have you on here with us today. How does it feel to be the first male on the podcast? Oh, my goodness. I'm so humble. I'm delighted. But me and you go way back. And so if we be honest and candid, it's always a pleasure and a joy talking to somebody that's in tune with themselves and you have really attached yourself to our community, right? Um, Really being kind of um, a novice to a degree when you first came, right? You know, Mm -hmm. like just getting to know what's what. And you did that and you've done that and you've been committed to that. So we applaud you, Um, you know, even though we talk about fathers and stuff because it's that weekend, right? Right. But um, men, guess what? We wouldn't be here without you all because you all are so important to everything that we do and what we can do and what support, you know, I'm saying comes but from a woman that only a woman can do for us to be the best man that we can. We appreciate you for real. And I well, thank I, you. And I it's, an honor. it's an honor and a pleasure to be here. I appreciate you saying that. And I appreciate you just dropping everything and just last minute, just pulling this together with me and just saying, hey, let's just do it tomorrow. And I'm like, good thing I'm ready. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Stay ready. You ain't got to get ready. That's one of my big brothers. He always says that. Stay ready. You ain't got to get ready. So you ready, ready. You ready, ready. ready. Yes, yeah, I'm ready, ready. I got three guys in the hopper for this series and I'm excited because, you know, I'm always wanting to know what the guys have to say because I think women need to hear what you guys have to say. And as much as we talk over you, you know, we still listening. <laughs> oh, that's so beautiful to know. Ah, and a woman said it. What? Yeah, let's go. Yeah, we still listening. Yes, all the sisters. All right, let's move. Right. So let's jump right in. Let's you know, go. when you were growing up, who was in your family dynamic? Man, so it's crazy. So I had my mother and father growing up. We lived in a household. Um, I had a brother and sister. And then we ended up adopting two young ladies, two awesome young ladies um, who were raised up with us as well. Um, so I've always known the father and the mother in the home, husband and wife in the home all my life, literally. Um, and it was, it was good, you know, to see and feel that. And then of course the energy and the, uh, connectivity when it comes down to economics, right? Um, when you have two people bringing in income, it makes it a lot easier for those individuals to succeed and excel, um, and make provision for their family. So that's my uprearing and my family ties. I always knew that. So yeah, that's that's that. What kind of relationship do you have with your father? So 
if I could be candid, I won't go into detail because me and him still have some things to talk about, right? Because right, okay. I do want to be, I'm going to be candid. But me and my father um, have always had a pretty good father-son relationship. Um, I would say like we we hit a dip in the road and we still have yet to figure that out um, because he is older. Um, he is who he is. And I'm praying that we can get him in a better place. And I say that publicly because I think we need to stop lying to each other and lying to ourselves. And, oh, it's all great. It's all great. Right now, it's not. But I want it to be. And I want us to get back to that place. But I'm a real transparent person. And I'm 100. Like, you know, if we can't talk about something to get it straight, there's nothing to really talk about because then it becomes just null and void what our conversations are about. And it should never be that. But I love him to death. That's my father. I will never take none of that from him. And he's a great man, you know? And so we're going to figure it out. We're going to figure totally, it out. I, I totally respect that. And I agree with what you're saying. You know, if you're not going to talk to fix the situation, what are we doing? That part. What are we really that, doing? That part. So how, how long have you guys had this um, kind of like, a strange friction. relationship. Yeah. Friction is for real, like probably a year, you know, oh, okay. and that's kind of long, but we have talked like, you know, hi, you know, Father's Day, you know, that kind of thing. Happy birthday. We've done that part, but we have yet still to talk as men. And I think that's one thing, especially us as black men. A lot of times we don't know how to talk to each other. And um, until we could get to those places, it can be a lot of friction. It could be a lot of misunderstanding and it could be something so simple because our thing is really, really so simple. Um, but like I said, we have to be able to communicate. We have to be able to listen to each other and we have to be able to respect each other in that conversation. So um, I'm not wanting God to do what he do best because it's needed. It's needed. Yeah. And it's important. It's definitely very important. So yep. he was there during your teen years. Did you guys? Oh, like, yeah, most definitely. But butt heads, you know, yep. or, no, or was no, he really it, guiding it, you at that point? Yeah, man, like, dude, he, my dad is dope. Like, and I was one of those young men that I was off the chain, but I was so slick with it. He didn't know because I always reverenced and respected, you know, that male component. So by not challenging, but also learning how to manipulate and um, do things on the other side of the fence that was really contradicting what he was talking and preaching. But right. because of the respect and because I love my father, I didn't bring that to his house and I didn't bring that to him, um, you know, in what we did. But awesome man, awesome man, awesome man, for real, for real. Right, that's good. So <laughs> let's get into your business just a little bit here. How many children do you have and how old are they? Okay, I have six children. Um, my oldest is 28. The next is 26. The next is 24. I have twins that are 16 years of age. And then I have my near and dear youngest that's six years old. Jeez, that's a house full of people, honey. Yeah, well, some of them are already gone, right? Because they are adults and they have mm -hmm. their own houses. So the three adults, they are doing their thing and I'm proud of them. And they can keep on doing it. You understand what I'm saying? I'm keep telling doing, you. Keep doing. I've and already said, listen, there's no more entry on your end. You guys have to figure life out. Now, if it's an absolute, <laughs> <laughs> if it's an absolute necessity for you to move back in, you move back in. But, you know, I'm raising kings and queens here. Okay. That I'm part. raising them to be independent so they yep. can teach their children to be independent. So yep. it's not like there's love lost, you know, right. but I want them to set themselves up in a way that they do not need to move back home. Self-sufficient. Yes, completely. Make your own doorbell ring. There you go. <laughs> you know, so, so that's, that's the standard that I'm trying to set for them. And of course, I've never been back home since I've left. I have always deduced that if I leave home, there is no way I'm going back. And of course, you know, it's St. Thomas. So that's a long way to be sucking <laughs> lemons <laughs> and going back home to your parents. That's way that's too right. much. That's right. That's you know? right. So I always wanted them to be the exact same way. But I'm that's still right. here. You know, I'm still here in the background. You know, mama's still yeah. going to help, you know, but I'm still in the background and I'm plan Z. I'm not plan B. There you go. Yep. <laughs> the latter part of the alphabet. Let me be that. <laughs> 
That's yes. good. And you said you have grandchildren too. Four, four beautiful little girls, man, that I love. What, they're all girls? Yeah, God, he most definitely, uh, he got me with that one. Like, and I'm okay with it <laughs> um, because they're teaching me a whole different way. They're, mm. um, they're engaging me in things that I didn't think that I would actually get back to. And, um, and establishing like really foundational relationships with them that's pertinent to their individual characters and their individual selves. So it's beautiful. Like it's beautiful. And, um, you know how little girls can be, but yes. I'm Paul Paul and I don't shift because I'm very stern with them, but I'm very loving with them. And so they get this whole blend that's necessary for their lives and they can understand what a man looks like, mm -hmm. what he talks like, what he walks like with okay. that deep love though, that nobody can penetrate. So yeah, I'm there right now with my baby girls. Like I'm there. So yeah, and I bet there's a lot of talking going on too, because girls can talk. They love to talk and they most definitely talk, but they understand we talk in almost a for real um transcending way, like to where we have levels of conversation that are conducive to um, an adult and a young child, not a baby, if that makes I, sense. No, that makes um, absolute so, sense. Yeah, so we're talking in a sense to where they understand as we go to look at certain houses and properties, we own this. So there's certain conversations and seeds being planted, you know, that mm -hmm. they'll never forget. You carry yourself like this and I allow you to be in certain meetings and stuff like that. Uh, we have roundtable discussions that include them as well so that we get their opinion as well. So like they are really on certain plateaus when it comes down to communication or conversation to where it's like they're going to be a step ahead of the rest. And I want them to be that. We want them to be that. Yeah, that's great. You know, you're setting them up because they're the next generation. We need them that to be part. stronger. Yep. You definitely need them to be stronger. So how old were you when you became a father and how did that change your perspective on life? 17 years old. I was still in high school. And because I am 46 years old, for real, for real, um, <laughs> I um, stopped playing the ring. Come on, I'm trying to be serious <laughs> with this conversation. Um, it was in a time um, that pregnancy at that age and in high school and still attending high school was not cool. It was shunned upon. Mm -hmm. And so for me and um, my womb, my girlfriend at that time, we had to really cover each other. I had to cover her because a lot of people were rude and mean. And um, anybody that knew me then knew that if you mess with her, you mess with me and we don't want them problems. And so I had to guard her in such a way, even at a young age. Um, and it was difficult because, you know, a lot of times females are very emotional, right? right? And so I had to learn to bring it down uh, 20 notches because me, I was always on gold mode, but I had to learn how to balance that. So 17, I think she was like 17 as well. Um, and yeah, we were expecting our first child. I was a senior, I believe, and she was a junior. So, okay. Yep. So walk me through the moment when you found out that you were going to be a father. Wow. I was happy. I was like literally happy. I don't know for what, because as I look back, <laughs> as, as I look back, it's like, dude, you know what I'm saying? Like you see them posters back then, they said it took like what, a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars or something to raise a child. Ooh. And it, at that time, and I'm like, bro, like, are you really ready for this kind of level of commitment to where you dishing out this kind of money? And even though I had the money, it was like, you know, then you trying to be selfish at that time. Like, you exactly. know, it's just like, I got to do this for somebody else. And then yeah. I got to take care of her too. Cause I was already taking care of her, you know, mm -hmm. on a, on a certain level, like her mother didn't have to buy her clothes and shoes and all of that other stuff. I had a vehicle. So that was her vehicle. So like we was really booed up, like for real young and, um, yeah, but. I was happy. I was happy. And um, yeah, and it was nothing that was going to change my mind or heart as far as being there, being happy and going through the trenches with her. So, yeah. Right. I loved how you said you covered her uh, because, I mean, I'm three years older than you, but I was in the Virgin Islands 
and my sister had gotten pregnant at 16. And that was a time where people would shun you. They actually in the Virgin Islands, I don't know if they did it here, but they would actually remove the girls from school and they had to go to night school because they didn't want them to be a bad influence on the other girls. Wow. Which I thought was unfair because if they removed both of them, that would be different, but they only removed the girls. And I was like, really? She didn't get there by herself. That part. You know, so that just speaks to what society's thinking was like back then. Right. Right. I'm glad that there are even schools now that even has daycare on premises. Unfortunately, there's daycare on premises, but at the same time, thank God that there's daycare on premises. Right. Most definitely. Most definitely. And I don't think we had that um, available to us at that time, but we had a great family. Like we really did. Her mom was very supportive and she was there and her grandparents at that time were very supportive. And my parents were they had to, you know, adjust. I say that it was a little more adjusting on their end. Right. And of course, because a lot of times the baby is usually going to be predominantly with the woman. So yeah, it was interesting, but I was happy. And I could say that I wouldn't take it back at all. I have a beautiful daughter, Kiana Marie, Chris, (laughs) that I love dearly. That's my baby. That's my baby. And she's all at 28 years old. And um, she actually changed my life. She really helped me to establish um, and and fall in love with commitment. And um, even when I wanted to bail out, even when I wanted to throw in the town and say, forget you and your mama. She was like, nah, you love me too much and I love you. And um, I, man, we stayed in there. We hung in there. And me and um, her mother, we were married for 19 years. So like, I actually got the chance to raise my three oldest children with my then wife. So, you know, it was, it was good, good, bad, happy, you know, highs, lows and everything, but we were able to experience a lot of great things that I wouldn't change. So. That's good. You know, and you can't take those moments back. You can't take those years back. You just have to get through them and move on. And I'm glad that you guys really stuck it out because a lot of people getting pregnant at that young of an age wouldn't make it to a 19 year marriage at all. So that just speaks to your commitment, your upbringing, your backgrounds and your tribe, because having a really strong tribe is so important, especially at that age. Yep. It's true. It's true. So, yeah. So here we are. So I was happy though. I was happy and for real. And I love children. I love, I love having my, my own seed, you know, that is now blossomed into these awesome individuals and I get to see them, you know, and, uh, I'm happy. I'm for real happy. Seriously. Well, that's cool. So let me tell you, now I know how nerve wracking that first car ride home could be. What was it like <laughs> for you? You know, you're like, oh my gosh, I got to take this kid home. People out here crazy. You putting in the car seat, you're like, oh man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I would say that first ride was like, um, it was cool because I think I had them sitting in the back seat, right? And um, I just knew that I, I was protector now. I was protector. I was dad. I was father. So I got to make this do what it do. And God, the father, the ultimate father, was with me because I really was honed into my spirituality as I still am today, right? And um, I know that he won't put no more on me and or us that we can bear. And I believe that because he know I will go crazy. He know I will slap some people, um, you know, uh, <laughs> You know, try Jesus, don't try me. Thank God for Mr. Toby, you know what I'm saying? But like, man, yo, I was way before Toby and I was going to slap you before Jesus even got to forgive you. So it wasn't even like, no, no questions and no, man, yo, we out here. So like, um, God really helped us. He helped I'm a telling, lot of people. Not only did he help you, he helped the people. <laughs> he he helped covered the people. you. Yes. And he covered you, he, he done saved lives. <laughs> All lives matter. I wasn't caring. Look, you cross that bridge, your life ain't going to matter over here. And trust it, amen. Hallelujah. Nah, (laughs) stay in your lane. (laughs) So what do you think of the myth that um, Black fathers and supportive husbands don't exist? It is a limited point of view. I do think, I think that, um, I think it's sad on so many levels um, because I hear conversations um, coming from men on all kinds of different levels, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some that they can't be in their child's life because the woman might be scorned or they mad or whatever. But I'm like, at the end of the day, bro, like if you don't talk to her, if you don't communicate with her, 
if you don't suggest to her the truth and no lies and no manipulations and all of that, if you're not really presenting yourself accordingly, bro, you file, you know? Now, I do believe that it's very few. It's a limited group of women that literally just withhold their children from the fathers just because they are just, they bogus. I'm just going to say it like that. Yeah, but I think the overall general um, masses, we just see a lot of neglect because these men don't know how to stand up and be accountable for their actions. And you have a system now that it has stepped in and they're taking over on multiple levels to really uh, minimize and demean the man doing his job. Now, um, some just don't want to do it, right? Some don't want to work. Some of them don't want to pay child support. Some of them don't even want to spend time with the kids. Some just have totally cut out. Mm -hmm. They're wrong. And I do feel that. I do feel like, um, for me, I have communication because I will say this, I have three women that gave me beautiful children, you know? Um, mm -hmm. But I have communication with all of them. I have put myself in a place to make sure they were all taken care of, housing, funds, and so on and so forth to make sure they could provide for my children and not be so stressed, right? Um, but I think some men get overwhelmed, they get stressed, they don't have the resources, they lack, you know, certain things or whatever, or they just don't care and they just totally alleviate themselves from the situation. So right. to your point, um, and it's other things I could go into, but that's just the highlight for me. I think a lot of men are scared. They are foul. Some of them are just lack of knowledge, um, lack of preparation. And so they choose to take the low road. Right. And that's not cool. And that's not cool. So it's not a lot of men standing up, I feel, that need to be standing up. Because I don't think we'll see a lot of even the violence and all the other things that we see if men were really present in their children's lives, for real. Yeah, I definitely think that having the man present in the child's life, it only enriches the child's life and it gives the child two perspectives. You know, you have strength and you have nurturing and a child needs both. They need both. Know? And depending on your child, you may want it or receive it better from a particular parent. Mm -hmm. The man wouldn't always have to be the one that provides the strength. Right. You know, because I only have one son. I have two girls and a boy. And right. I think our daughters were in the same class, actually. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. They were. Yeah. And so I feel that what you were able to provide for your children, so important. And me bringing my children up in a broken home, I can see the difference in the upbringing. I can definitely see the difference. Right. You know, Women move different when they have a father figure in their life. Right. So right. what do you think is the most important thing for effective co-parenting? Communication. Communication and um, expectations. You remember we talked about that at our relationship mm -hmm. forum. Yeah. Um, I don't think that we as people, parents, um, when we get immersed in certain things, we do not communicate. We don't set expectations, but those expectations should be followed through and they should be heard out and they should be executed. And I think because sometimes they're not executed, um, but they can be executed if it's not talked through, right? But that just all goes back to communication. So I think the effective, you know, role of being good co-parents is just being able to talk, listen, and understand each other, like on the levels of what is it going to take in the best interest of this child for us to get them to this designated place. Right. What does that look like? That's your image. Be a father. Generally, we have 18 years. Let's just do the math. We right. usually have 18 years to accomplish this goal. What the heck is 18 years? That's what I look at now. 18 years is not a long time. For some, it might look like a long time, but if you live into 50 and 60 years old, you know what I'm saying? You got an extra yeah. 35 to 45 years to do whatever the heck you want to do outside of that 18. You telling me we can't come up with a plan for the next 18 years to make sure boom, boom, boom. It's sad. 
You know, and I think 18 is a small number. I always say people don't really become adults until they're actually like 21. Say it again. <laughs> they're Say still baby adults at 18 you that know part. that when they turn 18 they go on to this freedom rampage they want to do everything that they couldn't do at 17 but it's only when you're at about 21 years old you've had these three years in between to really look at your life and be like shoot that wasn't even all it was cracked up to be I should have done this 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 and this you know and I always teach my children Listen, you have to have your faith, your foundation, your finances together and in that order <laughs> or else you will watch the fourth F fail. You will yep. fail, yep. you know? And, uh, so when you have that three-year gap to really try and process what it truly means to be an adult, I think by the time you come out on the other side of it, by 21 is when you really start getting your act together and, and start sowing some seeds and start pulling out the Rolodex of what did mom say about this situation again? You know, because they're hearing you, they're just not listening. <laughs> right, right. You know, right. it's true. And I tell somebody, um, and I use this quite frequently now, I look at life in the aspect of quarters, you know, so your one through 18 or your zero through 18 is your first quarter. And as parents, we should be able to do what we need to do together for mm -hmm. our child between zero to 18, right? Now, right. going into that second quarter of life, you're 19 and above, like you said, where they might be able to get a little more free. They got this, but they still should be able to come back and lean on the advice and the instruction and all those different things based on the foundation, the faith and the finances and all that other stuff that's already been established in your words. But we're in a second quarter at this time. Mm -hmm. So if we as parents can figure out how do we do what we need to do for our child in the best interest of our child between zero to 18? How many lives could really be changed if we could just get on a court for that quarter? You understand? I absolutely agree. We have to stay vigilant and we have to stay united. Period. We have to take our personal feelings about what we feel about the divorce and what we feel about this other person and what they're out in the streets doing with whomever. We have to really take that out of the equation because at the end of the day, the children are the ones that are going to suffer. They didn't ask to be in a broken environment. Even if you're not together, your environment should not be broken if the father and the mother can work together as a team. That part. They're still a family. That part. I don't even like that term broken home because I feel like if the father and the mother are still together, even if they're not physically together or romantically together, but they're still on one accord when it comes to raising the children. I think the child can still come out unscathed. Yep. Now, of course, sure. I didn't get the, the platinum divorce package. So <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that. You know, I got the little tin package. So my kids did not, unfortunately, come out unscathed. Right. My first mind was when I came out of my divorce, I had to make sure that they got counseling because... I wanted them to be okay. You know, yeah. I wanted them to adapt to their new reality right. and, um, and ask questions and feel what they feel in a safe environment where no one is judging them. Right. Most definitely. You know? Yep. Yep. So you're in your second marriage, blending this family, this new unit, this new, how do we say this new nuclear family? Right. How the hell was that? Or was this easy? Okay, so my older children, they were already pretty much established and set in a foundation to where um, they were already doing their thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it's a big gap between the youngest and the oldest. Man, so we talking about my youngest on the oldest side. He's 24. So we talking, you know, 20, 22, like, well, a 19-year-old gap somewhere in mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. Um, my 16 year olds, you know, they were already in a different place. Okay. So they weren't like really in the home structure. I had a different home setting for them. Me and their mother established that for them. And okay. so that was that part. So the blending of everything wasn't so difficult, if that okay. makes sense. Um, because, you know, you have this big age gap, you know, and so it's been healthy in that regard to where. The little one, she gets all this love and attention. 
And so, yeah, she's in her little la-la land moment, right? <laughs> and so that's that part. So it hasn't been like a major challenge to a degree. So I didn't yeah. have to go through the rough ones. Well, that's good. And that actually helps um, because bringing in a new person could be so stressful because you know how we are. If the kids don't like them, you know, that could pose to be a problem because happy spouse, happy house. We want yeah, everybody right. to be happy. Right. And so that right. part was good too, right? Right. Most definitely. Most right, definitely. Cool. And because everybody knows across the board that I do expect for everybody to have their own space. And, you know, when you have your own space, it makes it a little more easier for everybody to just be in a good place. You know, um, right. it wasn't like we were forced and we had to do this and that to, you know, I don't want to even use the word accommodate. But we didn't have to blend in those areas, if you will, when it came down to the house setting. Um, so that was healthy for us, right? So, yeah. That's cool. Now, you know, the Bible said, train a child in the way that they should go. So when they're older, it would not depart from them. How much are you guiding your children's path versus letting them find their own way? I would say early on, all my children, you know, church goers, um, but I don't even like to really use that terminology. Um, I would say relationship inhabitants. So I really taught them really more the basis of relationship and what that looks like and why it's important. It's important to go to church to a degree, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. We want to most definitely go commune with others that believe, right? But more importantly, after you congregate, you want to be one with yourself. Because if you're not one with yourself, how are you really going to establish that relationship you need with God? If you're not communicating with him and communing with him on a daily basis, not just the traditional Sunday or Wednesday or whatever times you go to church. But um, yeah, so that's a main factor in everything that we do. We trust him for everything. We talk about the knowledge, you know, because you have to hide the word in your heart, right? How can I know if I'm not memorizing and if I'm not able to pull up when I need the what's going to get me through, you know? Um, it's like us trying to go through life without air. It's like us trying to go through life without water, for real. Go ahead and right. try that. You see what you, you're going to die. You know what I'm I, saying? I already can't swim, so I'm definitely not trying to <laughs> hold my breath. So, um, so it's just like with the relationship. We need him. We need the word, which gives us life, right? Which tunes us in. And we need a spirit. So they know their father. And they know that, I'm man, I'm for real, gun cold about God. I'm gung-ho about the most high. And without him, we can't do anything. Without him, we fail. And that's why I like when you said the four Fs, but you left the one to the latter because we don't even want to talk about that. You know, we don't want to talk about failure. No, but it's that's all about the consequence. You, that part. But if even if you fail, understand you can get back up, you know? Man. And so therefore we want to make sure that they know all these things. So spirituality is major. Like yeah. God does that. We does that. Hey, we does that because <laughs> I know for a fact that I would not be where I am today without God. And I instill that in my children, yep. you know, and if they want to go off and believe all these extra things that they got going on out there, that's between them and God. But I have taught you, I have laid the religious foundation for you to follow. Right. Because there's a lot of temptation out here and you got to really protect your children, even in their adulthood, you still a parent. You yep. still have to guide them. A lot of them think that because they're adults now, they don't need to listen to you or they're on your level. And I always tell my kids, you will never be on my level. I know that's and, right. And I'm not saying I'm superior to them and they're inferior to me. I'm saying I am always going to be your parent. You will always be my subordinate. So that respect factor, that line will always be there. Right. I'm 50. I don't talk crazy to my parents. <laughs> I will tell them how I feel. My parents are in their 80s. Wow. In their mid 80s. So I'm not Oops. doing any of that. I, you know, right. listen, you say honor your mother and your father that your days will be longer. I want to be here for the great grandchildren's weddings. You know, I know that's I mean? right. yes. yes. I want to be a part of it. I am a huge family person. I am six of nine children. You know, wow. and I and that family life, that's me. Family life, family over everything. Right. Indeed. So beautiful. Yeah. And with all that you have said, with the foundation that you bring your children through, men teach their daughters their worth. What mm. are you telling your daughters to help them understand their value and worth? 
Because wow, I think good. that's really important. Right, right, right. Um, I think some, I speak for me. Like, so I had to learn how to communicate that to my little girls because I'm an action person, right? I might not always say, but I had to get to a point to where I started speaking to them and saying, you are beautiful. I love your hair. Um, you are valuable. You are intelligent. So I had to get to a place to where I started doing that. And it kind of came a little bit later because I always did, right? I give the hugs. I do all of those different things. But I wouldn't take the time to express it with my mouth a lot of times, all right? Mm -hmm. And so I had to come to the conclusion of being able to pour into them and then helping them to understand their worth by not um, exposing yourself to things that you really don't even know. Don't commit to things that you don't have a total understanding about. You always take things slow. You know, it's important to just take it, process everything. Come and talk to me too, because even though you might not want to hear, I'm going to tell you the truth, you know, if something is good for you or if it's not good for you. So I think me just helping them to understand and loving yourself. And I think that's a big proponent that I had to push. You have to love yourself. I could tell you all day, but you got to figure out why you love yourself as well, you know, right. and spend time with yourself. It's okay to take yourself out. So go get your nerves down, go get your hair did, like, and <laughs> make sure you feel good about yourself. And so therefore I think all of those things, the word to the action has now come full circle and they understand that dad love comes from a place to where he has now understood what love and affection is. You know what I'm saying? That love mm -hmm. and affection. So yeah, I would sum it up like just saying like, that's what I tell my daughters. You love yourself, love God. And you always know that daddy loves you and you can come to me about anything. You can talk to me because that's another thing. A lot of times the young ladies or daughters don't feel like they can talk to their father about things. You know what I'm saying? But I, I want to have those conversations. Have you kissed somebody? Have you, I asked my, my sister, have you seen somebody's, you know, growth area? You know, have you said, well, I need to know these things. Like, you know, hey, what are we doing though, baby? What, what made you, okay, curiosity? Okay, because I was like, I don't want to have certain conversations with any male because I would put their nice, you know, their organs <laughs> on a chopping block. And it, it could honestly be because you made a choice, but you helped them to just get a whole situation eradicated from their whole life, you know? So therefore we want to keep everything in perspective. So keep daddy happy, keep you happy and we'll be good. But, you know, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like they are um, making pretty good decisions and they're staying in their lane. So, yeah. That's cool. Well, what, on the flip side of that, what are you telling your sons? Oh, most definitely. You got to cherish your because they have children, obviously, you know, I got mm -hmm. four granddaughters, but um, you respect that woman, you take care of that woman, and you show that woman that they are a part of you, you know, no matter what is going on. And then by that, you're also teaching your children that love and that protection as well, no matter what's going on. And love yourself too. Take time for yourself too. Keep your mind clear. Keep your eyes on God, you know, make mm -hmm. sure that you really trust in God with everything that you do so that he can most definitely direct your path. So I talked to my sons on those levels um, because my oldest son, he is the primary parent. Like he is the custodial parent, like it's all him. And so for him, it's a different conversation because now she's going to need you and be able to glean from you everything that she needs. So you got to show her a whole different picture, especially if you get involved with anybody. She needs to see what that unit looks like, even though it's not her mother and you. Right. It's deep. It's really deep. Man, you done took me to church. <laughs> I'm telling you, because these conversations that we're having with the children, yes, the conversation is definitely different with the males and the female children. You have to really be careful. And with my son, my son is in the same situation as yours. Uh, whereas he is the primary father, um, 
I'm not going to get into all the details of that. Right, 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 right. You know, but I always tell him, you be careful what you're feeding your daughter because you don't want her to get comfortable hearing it. If you tell her bad things about herself, then when the other guys are telling it, she's already groomed for that. So you have to be careful what you're grooming her for. That part. You do. So you have to be able to discipline her without breaking her down. That part. You you also have to teach her to respect men. Yep. Yep. And and he has a little boy too. So when he comes of age, you know, he's only two years old now. Right. When he comes of age, you're going to have to teach him how to respect women. Yep. And I think even with that communication and respect, I think those two together is a really good, how do you say, a really good mix, a a good combination for having like successful co-parenting. Yep. You have to still respect each other. Your relationship didn't work out. Okay. Life goes on. Yep. But you still have to have that respect as that father and as that mother and don't tear the other person down. Don't do it. Because then you're planting seeds. That part. Yeah, you are. And what you're displaying is exactly what your children will see and they will emulate. Yep. We definitely need to do better. When you know better, you do better. Right. Right. And I will say, like, honestly, Matt, I'm so proud of my sons and not just because they're my sons, but I see the way they handle their children. I see the way that they want to be and are always with their daughters. Like, it's amazing. Um, and the brothers, they work together. They have always worked together to make sure that we don't have like all these gaps to where they're being tossed here, there, and everywhere. They work together. And I love that about our family unit. And it's a blessing. Like, And I give them the salute. I give them two thumbs up. And I'm proud of my sons like for just like for real figuring it out but then going through the process, right? And then learning, learning and growing from it. So, well, I salute you because if you didn't emulate that, they wouldn't learn it. Mm. Blessings, humbly, humbly. So you, so you, you planted those seeds and what you get right now with how they handle in their business as men, those are your flowers. Wow. I take it. Thank you so much. Oh, Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. So we got to yes. switch gears for a little bit here. Because you always out in the okay. community trying to do all these different things. And right, right, right. You know, like you said, you love the kids. And I think we met, I don't, I can't remember if we met community outreach, if we were introduced or we cross paths doing right. some stuff with the kids at school. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yep. Because mm-hmm. we go back. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So tell us about the sanction. Wow. I'm so proud of my baby. Now that's my, you know, my baby, my baby that we birthed, you know, from the mind to the heart to, you know, we pushed him, we, we pushed her out, we pushed her out, him, her, and all of that. That's what we did. <laughs> they twins, triplets, quadruples, man, we out here. I'm so um, you. the sanction is, it's a home and it's become a staple for me where we just want to see men, youth, and families um, gather and get life-sustaining solutions. That's like the whole premise of our vision. We want to see people get life-sustaining solutions because a lot of times you will see organizations and they have great programs. They have great things they do, but we don't see that sustainability carried Mm -hmm. out a lot of times and, you know, hit to anybody. But we really want to see people get those life-sustaining solutions, such as you said one of your Fs was finances. A lot of time people don't know how to handle finances. And it's a lot of time because they haven't been taught. Um, so how do we correct that? You know, where well, we sit down and teach. But one other aspect, a lot of our young people, let's go there, just the youth aspect of it all. And that program is called 13, where the adult side of financing is like more of your life coaching, right? Um, okay. But the 13 is us dealing with youth employment. I try to start young people working as early as three years old. And when I say that, if you see paper on the floor at your house, pick it up. If Mm -hmm. you need to put your crayons together, put them together and put them in a cup. To the older ones, like maybe 10, you get a broom and you learn how to sweep. That is creating a work mentality and ethic about themselves. So we have 13. So we have young men pushing a lawnmower when the summer hits usually. And we cut for a property management company. But what I find out, a lot of our young people don't even know how to 
successfully and adequately push a lawnmower. And that's sad, Noreen. That's it's sad. Cool. I mean, what we don't have any electronic device for a lawnmower, so that's still a manual process. So why is that not something that's being taught still? <laughs> so my thing is, I think that us as a society, us as parents, us as grandparents, us as uncles, us as aunties, we just have gone lazy and we not on the kids. Go put the phone down, go cut some grass, go get the broom, go water the grass. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. it's things that we used to do and I'm not paying you. Your payment is you get to come here and eat this food. You get to wear them clothes and them shoes I got you. You got a problem with that? So that's one of our major things. Like we push work ethic amongst our youth. That's like another thing. And then we have the housing element, right? Housing is a main foundational piece and core of the family. If I don't have a house or an apartment and it's affordable, right? That can be detrimental for not only a single person, but for a family as well. Yeah. And if the young people are not getting that home environment, not a house, but a home environment, where are we teaching work ethic? We teaching spirituality. We're teaching, you know, these finances. We teaching all these different things. And we are a conduit that gets to push the families, the parents, the children even, to really be more mindful of what should be happening. So I'm, I'm proud of the sanction. I'm elated about what we've been able to do over the last five years under the radar, because this has been my baby for about five, six years. Like yeah. just doing it, going, okay. said anything about it, but I'm launching and we gonna go all out here in the next uh, 30 days. We just gonna put it out there and get people to buy into what, you know, is necessary for our community to thrive, families to thrive, children to thrive. So I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, let me know about it. I'll definitely like to be a part of something, you know, housing is something that's really important to me. I hate to see people that are homeless. I was like, this is exactly what we need because my husband and I, we have a passion to help the homeless and we pray to God every night almost just to give us some kind of finances so that we can really start a program that will really just house everybody. Right. That's you good. know, so where people can live in dignity. Like if you really look at what the hotel rooms are like, they're already set up like efficiency apartments. Yep. It's true. You know, they have everything you need. They got the bathrooms. Some of them have little tiny kitchenettes. You know, people can live off the street. They can live in dignity. People don't have to look down on them as if they're like the scum of society. Right. Just because you're homeless, it doesn't mean you're on drugs. It doesn't yep. mean that you have nothing to contribute. You just going through some stuff, right? You, know, you may just need a helping hand. You may have exhausted all of your resources and Hey, the system may have failed you. Yep. Yep. Cause that can happen to anyone at any right. time. Right. You know, Yep. Mm -hmm. so how does dramatic drumline and C major productions fit into the scheme of the sanction? Are they all um, coexisting or are they all each a different type of program? Um, different type of program, but they work hand in hand, right? So a lot of the community events and stuff like that, that would fall under the sanction. Um, when we have like other things like um, them actually getting into like the school form and all that other stuff, that's more of um, Jeff, who is our lead director of Dramatic, and that's his baby. I just help and I support him and we undergird him, right? Okay. Um, but he's been successful in getting maybe six or seven of the drumline students to college and they're getting scholarships. So when I say like, oh my goodness, it's a blessing and it's amazing. I'm just excited to be a part. I'm a drummer, right? Um, Jeff, take it to this next level. It's a the sanction theme production. We help and we undergird dramatic drumline. So that's how that kind of, you know, plays in part. And so one is more do the festivals and stuff like that. That's more of the community thing, but actual, you know, school, if you will, the classes and all that other stuff that falls under C major production. Okay, man, you got the whole thing together. We try. Hey, that's all you can do. Nothing yeah. beats a failure, but a try. <laughs> How involved are your children in your community outreach programs? My personal, my, my children mm -hmm. or just the children in general that I serve? No, yours. Oh, oh, walking in so your my, son, my, my son is on the drum line, so he's doing his thing. 
Um, Ravion and Robbie were a part of it when they were a little bit younger. Um, Robbie comes and he would help and support and teach some of the young people, you know, through his drumming skills as well. Um, and so the boys have been like for real in tune with everything that we do from C major to sanction. So it's been a blessing for them. The girls not so much. They rather not go. hear all the deep drums and all that other stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I may be different. That's I may That's be all. a different type of chick because I love me a drum line. <laughs> I really do. I love a good drum beat, you know, and I'm an island girl. So steel pan is our thing. So it's steel drums, you know, so maybe yep, you can incorporate some of that yep. in what you got going on. I know, right? That'll be cool. I know, I'd right? Come. Shoot, yeah. I'd be a student. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. What's wow. next for you? Um, so I really have in my heart, um, we want to start a school. And so that school would really start with as young as like three to four years old. And we really want to have it all wrapped around conservatory. So music, drums, keyboards, bass, choir, drama. We really want to um, have that as the forerunner for the school, but also the academic part. And we want to be able to really be in a place to where we have the right teachers and we have the right group selections so we can really teach our young people, really teach them and they be strong mentally, physically, um, spiritually, and all of those different things. So that's on my heart. That's like one of the things that I feel that's really heavy on my heart is okay. to start that school aspect. So is that something that you can maybe sometimes partner with the Arts Revision in tomorrow by the Romains? Yes, we want to partner with everybody. Like, we really want to partner with the ones that really see this as the future for our youth. We really do. Um, so I am, like, all down and all in tune with us doing it as much as we can together. Um, right. I do understand, like, everybody's trying to find their level of what they're committing to, right? And making sure that the age, even, the demographic, you know, I know mm -hmm. that they're predominantly on the North End right now. So we are looking at the South thing, but how can we still work together? Um, and so that will be conversations that will be had in the future, in the near future, if I can help it. Um, mm -hmm. However, we're still trying to go through some things to make sure on that South end of town where we're looking at, you know, putting the facility in the location that we have our dynamics and our things in order so we can properly cater towards the population we want to be a part of the school. So. That's yeah, amazing. But I want to partner. I'm excited. I'm excited about everything you have coming up and all the things that you're doing. So before we close, Thank what you. advice would you give women who feel the need to exclude men from their children's lives? I would just say pray. We got to pray, right? Because a lot of our men um, are hurt and or either lost their way, right? If we could be honest. Um, so we got to pray. Number two, I think that we have to promote within our young men now, if you do have a young male child, you need to get them connected to a God-fearing, a purpose-driven male and expose them to things, books, expose them to movies, expose them to certain things outside of the typical um, music videos and TikToks and all this other stuff. We have to expose them to different things to where they see males um in predominant roles and it's positive and it's productive right um and the last thing i would say is um and i'll say this lightly church used to be a main institution for us right right church did we have to as a people establish re-establish or get to a church to where we could be surrounded amongst a group of people that are going for real help sharpen us. If it's right. not sharpening you, if it's not encouraging you, if it's not helping build your family, you need to reconnect somewhere else, right? Or you need to find somewhere else. But we need that because as a people, we have always been spiritually led on a higher level. But now it's like we've come to this low vibration and it's crazy. And it's, like that's, it's like that's all we know now. And it's not. It's a lie. It's a trick of the enemy. And it's really to help dissipate and just totally obliterate 
the family and the people and the individual. So, um, and I will say this, we are going to be doing some things specific to the male population, um, to the female population, the young, young females. So like from 11 to 18 years of age, we're going to be doing some things every week um, because we've already started with a small, small group, just helping them to build. That's why when you had said, honor your mother and father, that just rung out in my heart because the small group we were dealing with, we had started going over the Ten Commandments with them, the law, and we mm -hmm. exposed them to where it was in the word. But then as we went through it, we helped them to understand. We did Q&A. We did all these different things, right? So after a month or a month and a half, Mother's Day was coming around. And the young people was like, they reached out to me. They was like, hey, Mr. Rob, um, you know that whole honoring your mother thing and all of that? We want to <laughs> do something for our moms. We want to like take them out to eat. And, you know, that's a way of honoring them, right? I was like, yeah, this is dope. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So I was like, yes, we got it. They got that little part, even if it's just that little part. Right. It was exciting. So therefore, we want to continue to build our young people. We want to continue to be there. And so like, we're going to be opening up. So just stay tuned for when I put the information out, you'll be able to go to the website. You'll be able to fill out a little application, submit it. And then we'll get the information and we're going to let you know where we're going to be having our times of gathering so we can start building. And it just won't be for the youth. It's going to be a place where the parents can come too. So as a family, we can begin to grow together so we can regrow and help reshape our community. Oh, man. So, oh, I am loving all of this. This is awesome. And what advice would you give to new fathers who may be out here listening? Wow. See, I like that. You set that up. So I sent you over that <laughs> text message. But I'm telling my men, okay, let me get in this. It get close because I need my good sister to see my face. I, I came up <laughs> with this acronym. I love acronyms, right? So I want to encourage our men as a father, F-A-T-H-E-R, the F, I want you to take this and I want you to commit to it. Be fearless. As a father, be fearless. I was like looking as I was raising my kids, I wasn't afraid because I had to step in the forefront and I had to take any bullet, any arrow, anything that was going to come against my family. I had to be fearless. Because I, I actually, I, I was a little nervous and scared after I really seen like everything coming out of my womb, men, my womb. <laughs> and I was like, Lord, Jesus, what all this? What? Lord, no. What do you need all that for? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I had to be fearless and I had to hold her hand. And I said, what's coming out is going to be able to set a light and a standard in the world. But I have to impact in you know, pour into this child to make sure she understands what that is and what that means. Mm -hmm. So you have to be fearless. You have to be available. I, the A is for available. I wasn't available all the time because I was working and, you know, trying to, you know, figure out certain things. But whenever I could be available, I was available. And then I had to learn, you got to be available no matter what. Sometimes you got to call off. I'm not telling you to just call off all the time and lose your job. I'm not saying that part, but you got to be available. Sometimes you got to cancel a meeting. You have to redirect some things. Be available. Y'all mothers do it all the time. Y'all available but at nighttime. You up, you know, when they say you, you got to be available. Get in the kitchen to cook. Be available. You know, man, go take them for a walk. Be available. Mm -hmm. So the T is trustworthy. You got to be trustworthy. Now, that's one thing that I know for me, I'm trustworthy as dad, man. Look, call me. We're going to chop it up. I'm going to be there. What you need? We're going to do this. We're going to figure out how to do this. Trustworthy. I'm not going to go spread art. I'm not going to abuse. I'm not going to do none of that. You got to be trustworthy. So men, be fearless, available, trustworthy. Be hungry. Don't be okay just with that nine to five job. It's not going to get you probably where you think it's going to get you to. You know what I'm saying? You got to have other streams of income. Be hungry. Don't just be okay with Caterpillar or Keystone or, man, I got 50 hustles. I play the drums. I got houses. I work at the center. Man, yo, I got five, six, seven different hats that I wear. Be hungry and be hungry to learn too from your mate. Be hungry to learn from that person that you with, that co-parent or that parent 
or your boo, whatever, be hungry. Say, hey, baby, I'm here for you. Let's talk. Let's eat. Let's be hungry. And I'm talking about information, natural and spiritual. Be hungry. Be eager. Be eager to get home. Don't always try to go with the boys and go and kick it. And you know what I'm saying? You all doing these other stuff. Be eager to be present too. Right. And then be relentless with it. Don't ever stop trying. Don't ever give up. Keep moving, even when you don't want to. Yeah, lay down, take a nap. You know, stretch. Do whatever you got to do, but be relentless. I love it. I love it all. I love that entire acronym. You are giving me life right now. Man. And so our fathers, man, stand up. Don't be scared. If you've been displaced and you ain't been in your child's life, stand up. Get back in your rightful place. Don't let nobody tell you. That's you. That's 90-something percent of you, that blood running through their veins. Quit playing with me. Quit playing. That's you and your awesome woman. Your awesome woman gave that to you. They were with you in that moment. So don't disrespect her and be the father. Be the man that you're supposed to be and reclaim, reclaim your family, reclaim your partner, reclaim that spouse that you was with in the aspect of being there and being present and taking yeah. care of your business and not only your business, but yourself because you only remade yourself. That's it in a different image, in a different form. Oh, Period. Man. We're the image of God, right? We say we're made in the image of God. Yep. Fearless, available, trustworthy, hungry, eager, and relentless. Be that. That's it. I knew you was going to come in here and blow up the stage and drop the mic. I knew it. Uh, <laughs> I knew it. I love every bit of what you just said. You just really rock my whole world right now. This is awesome. This is just the best advice that you could give any man at any stage of life. Because, listen, fatherhood isn't just until 18 or 21. This is a lifelong commitment. Anything happens, you got to be there. Good, bad, or ugly. Or if you have to push them out into life, or if you have to pull them back, you still have to be present and um, be a father. I love that acronym. You better put something on that so nobody can steal it. <laughs> And uh, this for my brothers, and that's of all walk stages of life. We fathers out here, and I love y'all to death for real. And I, I wish that we could do more of this because a lot of our men just don't know. And if you don't know, how do you know what to do? And I yeah. think you had already commented on that too. When you know better, you do better. Yeah. You know, when you know better, you do. But a lot of them just don't even know. Like, you don't have one, to be afraid. You don't have one, to be reach afraid. one. That part. That you part. Because I was seventeen. And like I said, I'm 46 right now and I wouldn't change it for nothing. I made a lot of mistakes, Noreen, a lot. But I understand that when you have the capacity to ask for forgiveness and for real admit your mistakes, a lot of times women are responsive when it comes from a real place. Yeah. And I've messed up a lot, you know, and every last one of the women that have had children, they could have most definitely kicked me to the curb and been like, F you, forget you. I don't want to see you no more but they were always open to hear me out and forgive me if I did something wrong, you know? And I let them know, you know what I'm saying, what it is. And I'm just grateful and thankful that God didn't give up. They didn't say, man, forget you. And we get to raise our children. You understand? Yeah. We get to raise our children. And I'm excited about that. And the children win at the end of the day. That part. Yeah. Oh man, Robbie, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you today. I want to thank you for our time. And again, I want to thank you for just clearing your calendar on short, short, short notice. <laughs> hey, you my G, you my G for real. Seriously. Yeah. Well, thanks yep. for holding space with me. And um, I'm really excited about everything that you said and everything that you have coming in the hopper. I'm going to look out for everything. And uh, where can people find you on your social handles if they want to okay. get involved in any of your programs? Right, right, right. So right now, we encourage everybody to go to sanctionpeoria.org. That is S-A-N-C-T-I-O-N, peoria.org. And so you just go there. My information is on there um, because it's exposed. I don't want to be hiding in the backdrop or in the trenches to where you can't get me. I wanted you to be able to reach out your young men, your young ladies, parents, ones that's trying to understand home, purchasing, finances. We're going to be doing all of that. So let's go. Sanctionpeoria.org. Let's go. You heard it here. 
Well, thank you so much for everything. Um, and we will talk soon. Peace and blessings. Thank you. Peace and blessings. Be blessed now. Thank you for joining this episode of the Save Our Sisters Unplugged podcast. Hopefully you found it to be inspiring and you've received great information you can use in your daily life. If you've enjoyed this episode, please show your sis some love by subscribing on Anchor, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please don't forget to rate and review. We're on Instagram at SaveOurSisters underscore 2020 and check out our YouTube page. If you would like to continue the conversation, join our Save Our Sisters group on Facebook. Until next time, sis, and remember to love yourself.